Ooh, what's up, guys? Um, welcome back, Call Your Shot podcast, episode two of the Call Your Shot, episode five, episode five of you know the whole thing that we have going here. Um, today, you know, Tom Brady retired. That was kind of like the big story in the morning. Um, so we'll get into a little bit of that. Um, we're gonna play another little, not like a game, but just kind of a segment i'm going to call the rapid fire roto review um just kind of scroll through roto world give my thoughts on stuff that happened today uh just around the league um hit on a quick th- couple things there and then um last thing was i one of the things on there i thought on roto world that i saw today was about t higgins how the Bengals could potentially have to move him down the line i thought we could get into that a little deeper just because i think there's this, i think this thing that I'm going to start calling wide receiver communism kind of mindset around the league. I want to get into a little bit there. So um, that being said, let's go ahead and start the show. So in the time that you guys listen to the intro music, I switched the order of how we're going to do things today because, you know, I was scrolling through Roto World to kind of get trying to get, you know, stories that we could talk about for the rundown we're doing um, after this, this one, actually. So one of the things I saw was a story about T. Higgins. I could have, you know, put it in there, but I feel like there's a large message that comes out of that story kind of as the league as a whole and where we're going. Um, so I figured we'd spend more time on it up top. Uh, the athletic, they put out something as the athletics Bengals writer. They were talking about how the Bengals might trade T Higgins down the line just because if, you know, the contract sides aren't agreeing, not seeing eye to eye on what the number's going to be. If it's outrageous on one end, they could end up trying to trade him for a high draft pick. He's not a free agent this year, so it's not a worry for Bengals fans. But, you know, he can be tagged. It's next offseason of the first year. I think he's eligible to be a free agent if he's not franchise tagged. I don't think that they're going to do that. I don't think that they're going to trade him. But the fact that it's being talked about means that it is a possibility. Like, it's something that the people in the front office have thought about before. Um, I just think that their offense is built around – Burrow throwing the ball up to those two guys. Like when you're like, they don't have a good offensive line. They decided when we're building this team, it's like we're going to throw the ball to these two dudes. We are going to have two guys that you can't cover. So you get rid of them. What happens? One gets hurt. You know, now you, now you just got nobody. So you look at the bills. I mean, the way that they built their team there, they built themselves as a pass heavy offense, similar to the Bengals, but they only have Stefan Diggs. Outside of Diggs, you have like Gabe Davis. You had to bring in Cole Beasley. And now it's like you're in the playoffs and you're playing a team with a similar style as you and you can't move the football. So, you know, I don't think the Bengals move T. Higgins. I think that's part of their identity as a team. But I think when you look at, you know, T. Higgins and some of these other wide receiver twos around the league, I think it shows kind of the larger message that like, all these people on Twitter, all these podcasts that say like, it's like, you know, like we're rebuilding this team's offense. 
we need they like any wide receiver needy offense, Bears, Packers, even the Ravens. It's like the answer that these people always have is go trade for T. Higgins, go trade for Brandon Ayuk, go trade for Chris Godwin. All these t- like winning teams that have two good wide receivers, because I guess the thought process is, oh well, they have two. They don't need to. No, that's not the case. Like part of the reason that they are winning is because they have two guys on the outside that can beat you. It's like, why would these teams trade their good players, their assets for draft picks? Like when they don't have to, when they're going to compete for, they're trying to compete for championships. It's like the episode of family guy, family guy, where Peter has this boat and the guy's like, oh, well, you can have the mystery box instead. And Lois is like, no, just take the boat. And Peter tells her, well, Lois, take the mystery box. It could be anything. It could even be a boat. Like the best case scenario for these draft picks are that they become T. Higgins's, Brandon Ayuk's, Chris Godwin's. So I know like there's salary cap stuff. If teams, you know, turn the corner, like kind of the Bucks did, are going to this offseason, maybe you think about moving a Chris Godwin. But when you're trying to win Super Bowls, if you think that you're in the window, you got to like, there's no reason to be trading these guys. You're going to hold on to them as long as possible. Like, Brandon Ayuk and T. Higgins are, or, I mean, Brandon Ayuk's fifth year option is going to get picked up, and he's probably only get tagged after that. T. Higgins is going to get franchise tagged or extended. That's just how these teams that build their offense around these weapons, that's how they operate. Like, the 49ers aren't giving up Brandon Ayuk for a late first just because. Just because it's like, oh, yeah, well, we got McCaffrey and Kittle and, you know, Debo, too. So, you know, like, let's let, – I, I call it – I think I'm going to start calling this wide receiver communism because I don't think that just because a team has, you know, more than you, that, like, that's not how the world works. Not everybody gets a wide receiver one. I'm sorry. I've been a Ravens fan my entire life. We haven't had one. We had one for a brief period with Anquan Bolden. And, yeah, they won the Super Bowl. Like, that's just sometimes how it works. But, you know, since that, like, there's a lot of teams that don't have, you know, top five wide receivers. They don't have, like, number one wide receivers. And just because another team has two, like, this is going to happen with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Miami Dolphins next year. Teams are going to look, or people on Twitter and all these other podcasts are going to look at the Eagles and Dolphins and be like, well, you know, like, our, our, our team needs a wide receiver. Well, they have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Well, we, we could take one. Like, we'll, we'll take Devontae. Like, we'll trade for Devontae. It's like Miami has Tyreek Hill and Jalen Wild. They they don't need both those guys. Like we'll we'll take one of those guys. We'll we'll go trade trade our trade our you know twenty third pick for Jalen Wild. Jalen Wild was like the sixth pick in the draft. The Miami Dolphins don't want to give you Jalen Wild. They're, the whole point of their offense. It's like oh yeah, we're gonna put two guys on the outside that are faster than everybody, and two is going to beat them down the field. I watched it week two. They ran right by the Ravens every single play, like six times. It was. That's just how these teams operate now. They're going to try to beat you with weapons. So when you look at, you know, it's outrageous for the Bengals to pay two wide receivers big money. Is it? Like, if you look at the way their roster is constructed, if they can beat you, if they can score 30 points a game, and they could, it's like, oh, well, we're going to be, you know, a little lacking a D tackle or a middle linebacker. Like, they're going to do that. Like, that's right now in the NFL, you can make the argument quarterback's obviously the most important position receivers in the top five so if you're saying that you know we can have two elite play we're going to pay two elite players elite money 
the same position. I mean, if that's how they want to win games, that's how they're going to do it. And nobody's going to stop them. And just because another team needs a receiver and they can offer just a random pick, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to happen, that that trade's going to happen. So, you know, I, I think it'd be ludicrous for the Bengals to give up T. Higgins next offseason. I mean, that's just how they built their team. Um, but we'll see how it goes going forward again. I think, like, teams that are, you know, rebuilding, yeah, trade the second receiver, get some picks, improve other places. But at the end of the day, teams that are trying to win aren't gonna aren't just giving up players. They're not giving up good players. That's the point of drafting these guys. Like, the Bengals didn't draft T. Higgins in the second round to, you know, give him up and get a pick in the first round. They drafted him to get a sweet player, try to win a Super Bowl. All right, so off the top, Tom Brady retired today. Uh, did a just selfie video on the beach with his kids. Looked like uh, it was about forty degrees in Maryland today, so it must be nice for him. Um, honestly, my thoughts were I just kind of was a little shocked. It was you know just the timing of it seemed a little weird, especially since it was you know two days after Sean Payton took a job where Brady just could not get in and be his quarterback. Um, and honestly, it just it must suck that you got divorced from your wife over an eight and nine first round exit season. But um, you know, it, it, a lot of people think that that he's not done yet, that there's a chance that he could still come back and do a pull a Brett Favre and do it again. I I don't know. I just don't feel like there's going to be mutual interest with among teams in the league. I mean, I don't know. He is the GOAT. It's not even a question. But at this point, it's like I think the only real options for him were San Francisco, Vegas, Miami, because he wasn't going back to Tampa Bay. And San Francisco, they didn't want him the first time around. That was the first time around when he went to Tampa, they weren't interested. The that Shanahan offense they run requires the quarterback to move around a lot, and he doesn't do that. So unless the, one of them was going to make, you know, concessions and they were going to, you know try to work something out and change the whole system for him, which I just can't see a guy like Kyle Shanahan doing. And Vegas, I mean, that's a historically dysfunctional fan franchise, even worse than Tampa was before he got there. Tampa at least, you know, been somewhat relevant in the 20th, 21st century. And then Miami, just McDaniel, it's just not a personality fit. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a great schemer. They have weapons on the roster that he could throw to, but it's just, the laid back, like the cool thing. I don't know if that works for Tom. It didn't really like, it was kind of a different vibe with Bruce. Like Bruce was more of a, I'm going out and having cocktails right after work hitting golf balls. Mike's just kind of like a little goofy. I don't know. Just didn't seem like a personality fit. It just, I don't know. I overall, I don't think that he would have, I don't think there's a lot of interest. I would have honestly liked to see him go back to the Pats. I feel like that would have been cool just for a year, see what happens. But that wasn't going to happen. And, um, you know, it's going to be natural for everybody to do their, like, favorite Tom Brady moments. I grew up a Ravens fan. I still am a Ravens fan. Instead, I'm going to do my least favorite Tom Brady moments. Um, start off number one was the 2011 AFC Championship where the Ravens played in Foxborough. Uh, Ravens were down three with 30 seconds left. It was, I think, second down. Flacco throws Lee Evans, end zone. Uh, it gets batted away, like, 
probably about a quarter inch before the second foot hits the ground. So it's incomplete. I mean, it was just an absolutely ridiculous play. Just shouldn't have even been a quite. He should have caught the ball. Like just catch the ball. And you're going to the Super Bowl. But this is what it is. Next play, Flacco gets like tripped, throws in clean, almost throws a pick. And then on comes Billy Condiff, chip shot. I'm thinking, oh, we're going to overtime, going over, like, you know, just get the ball, we'll go down and win the game. Nope. He Billy Cundiff hooked the ball so bad that I know they do this a lot when they show the angles of the kicks. The amount that they had to zoom out to show where this ball went was just catastrophically bad. Like, I, it missed the net. It missed, I mean, it was almost in, like, the seats that are, di- like, in the corner. It was just, it was the one of the worst losses I've ever, that was the first time I've ever cried because of a football game. I think I went on Madden afterwards, put it on rookie, and just ran up the score on them. Just beat the living crap out of them after that. Um, it was a tough rewatch. I did. I wanted to make sure I had some of the points right. Just make sure it was just a tough rewatch. And then the second least favorite memory was the t- a couple of years later, the 2014 divisional round. That was the game where it was kind of flat. Flacco's still around. That was Flacco's last ride. Like that was the last time he had like enough juice and he was good enough to make a run. They had two 14 point leads, blew both of them. This was the double pass game with Edelman. This was the illegal formation where the left tackles running a seam route and then Harbaugh screaming at the refs and all this stuff. Um, you know, they lost that game too, obviously. They would have played Indianapolis, I think, in the AFC Championship. And then, I mean, we we would play that. We normally played them pretty well, so I feel like they would have had a chance. They probably would have gotten absolutely creamed by Seattle, though, so can't get too upset there. Um, but, you know, it just I have more experiences, negative experiences with Tom Brady. So, you know, up until he left and went to Tampa, for the most part, I just couldn't stand the guy. Um, but you know, now he's, I just tolerate him. I think some of the stuff he puts on social media is kind of funny now. Um, but you know, I I don't want him to take Greg Olson's spot on Fox. I think there's still some questions about whether he's going to be doing TV right away. Um, I like Olson. I hope he stays on for a while. He's the, he's, he's better than Romo at this point. Romo, they said today Romo had to have an intervention. I don't know if that's just about his performance or if that's about like, other stuff behind the scenes. I'm not going to, you know, get into all that. Not my place, but I mean, something's going on there. I think he's, he's the best color, like number two guy in the booth out of any of them right now. So, you know, I think you give Brady a couple years, you know, groom him like, you know, the Pats groomed him behind Bledsoe for a couple years, you know, back in the day. Um, but yeah, so Tom Brady retired 0-2 against Lamar Jackson. All right, so now we're going to do a little segment that I think we're going to be able to do. This is probably going to be a big summer thing, like when there's not a lot going around, going on in the league. Call it the Rapid Fire Roto Review. Say that five times fast. Um, I think what we'll do is just, you know, go through what's going on every day. Not every day, but, you know, that day. See, you know, different stories, different talking points, because hopefully we'll get some stuff in the summer and be able to talk about, and you know, even during the season, like guys with injuries, guys playing time, stuff like that, trades even possibly. So let's go ahead and start. The first thing on there was the uh, Texans' new head coach, D'Amico Ryans. He's confirmed that the team will be adding to its quarterback room. Um, 
That makes sense. Davis Mills was very bad this year. He was second in the league in interceptions. I think that was just – he would have been first if they hadn't started doing this weird, like, Jeff Driscoll, kind of like Taysom Hill kind of thing towards the end of the year. Basically, he played half the snaps, and he's in, like, the last three games. So we'll see what happens. I think they'll probably end up drafting a guy. They have the second pick. There's two ways they can go about this. I think it's very interesting. You know, they could have had the first pick, and this wouldn't even been an issue, get their guy no matter what. But they told the head coach that they were firing him before the last game of the season. So it gave him basically all the incentive in the world just to go out and win the last game as a big, you know, sayonara to the team. Um, you know, they with the number two pick, they could go well, – they have the 12th pick also. So you can either take somebody at number two that you really like, it might be your guy. It might not be. It just depends on what the Bears are doing at one. And then, you know, or if you have that 12th pick, you can move back from two. If you like Anthony Richardson, you can, or even like a Levis, if Levis starts to slip, he's not playing the senior bowl. So you never know what could happen with him. If you have that two and that 12, you can either move back from two and take him wherever you fall, or you can take a Will Anderson, or Jalen Carter too. And then use some other stuff because you have a lot of picks that you built up through the Sean Watson trade. Move up from 12 and take a guy then. So I think there's a lot of different stuff. They The roster is probably one of the worst in the league. It might be the worst in the league. They're the second worst offense by DVOA, bottom 10 defense. They just need players at this point, like NFL caliber players. So I think it'll be really interesting to see what they do there. Uh, next up, uh, Jordan Rodriguez from... The Athletics said they believe the Rams uh, hope to build off what Cam Akers accomplished in December and January. Um, that makes sense. It's good. You know, he was kind of buried in the beginning of the year. I think he borderline like quit football at one point. So, see, he was the RB4 in the last six weeks of the year. So, that was a good thing. He was came on strong. He actually probably won leagues, most likely not for the people that drafted him and lost the league because of him. But, you know, is what it is. Um, with the Rams, you know, they have McVay coming back. They have Cup coming back, Stafford coming back. It's not going to be Todd Gurley at the peak, but if you can get into a situation where he's putting up similar numbers to there, and if they can get the offense back to kind of where it was two years ago when he was hurt, but when they were making a Super Bowl run, you could have a real player there. Like he could be a real impact player on fantasy football teams. Um, Chargers OC Kellen Moore said he saw Josh Kelly start to develop a role in 2022. I mean, we'll see what goes on with Josh Kelly. Like, I've been hearing about the number two to Eckler for multiple years now. I personally, like, again, I talked about this before. Eckler didn't have more than 20 carries in the season this year. Part of the reason they couldn't put away the Jags at the end of the year in the playoffs was because they couldn't run the ball. They can't. They don't have a bell cow back that can take a heavy workload and put teams away. So we'll see what happens. They might use Josh Kelly. They might bring somebody else in. At this point, we'll see what happens. Um, then two uh, Atlanta Falcon things. They are going to save $12 million if they cut Marcus Mariota. I think it makes sense to cut him. I mean, he basically like, bailed on the team. I mean, they say he had knee stuff. It, that's just weird. I don't think Marcus Mariota is good enough to have that much weird stuff going around, going around him. And then they are unclear also, it says, that if they're going to stick with Desmond Ritter. 
I don't think you should. I mean, what's, what do you owe a Desmond Ritter? He was a third-round pick. He didn't look great. You have a bunch of options. I mean, we'll see what happens with the Ravens-Lamar. Obviously, I don't want the Ravens to trade Lamar. But if they do, he's not going to the AFC. So I assume that they would probably send him the NFC. Atlanta makes sense. They have a top-10 pick. Um, so that could be a landing spot for him. If that doesn't work out, you'd see, you know, like Jimmy G, he would kind of fit what they want to do because, you know, Tannehill doesn't have a big arm. That's who Arthur Smith had in Tennessee before, you know, you have Drake London. He's not necessarily a field stretcher. Jimmy can get out quick to a guy like that. You know, maybe even a Kyle Pitts too. Maybe we could have like a, just a, a stable Kyle Pitts here. Just give me like a, like a top four finish for Kyle Pitts. I'm not asking for anything else. Just, just get him involved in some capacity. And again, like with Tannehill, you could, we'll see what happens with him. He's got a big number for the Titans. We'll see what happens if he gets cut, gets moved. He could go to Atlanta as well. So again, I don't really see Desmond Ritter starting for Atlanta next year. Um, Zach Rosenblatt, the athletic, another Rams thing. They said they're going to keep an eye on Mike White. I think that would be really interesting as well because, I mean, we talk about Stafford coming back. Is that is that a good thing? Did He he didn't look good. He might just be shot. Like, they had the elbow thing all throughout training camp. People were asking if he needed Tommy John. So, we'll see what happens if, you know, he played – Mike White played for their new OC, Matt LaFleur, or – no, Mike LaFleur. I get those two confused sometimes. But, yeah, he played for the OC, Mike LaFleur, um, in New York. Every skill player, as soon as he came in for Zach Wilson, played better. So if it got to a point in the Rams season next year where if they had Mike White come in for Stafford, I don't think there would be much of a downgrade for guys like Cup, Akers, all those weapons around him. Um, last thing, Joe Mixon got charged for – Something like he got a police charge today. I didn't. I saw it right before I came on. I they. I think I they can save like ten million dollars in cap just by cutting him. We'll see what happens there. I think that's probably what's going to end up happening if he's getting like arrested. Um, that's kind of scary because what what happens if they cut Joe Mixon and draft B. John Robinson or one of the or Gibbs? That would be terrifying. So that was the Roto review, the rapid fire Roto review. Um, hit on a couple of things. Maybe we'll do this once a week. Gets the summer, maybe twice if we don't have much to talk about. If I'm just, you know, putting out rankings with two changes, we'll see. So I let me go, guys, or let me know if you guys like this. Um, and we'll keep going forward. We'll tweak it. We'll make some changes. That's it. Uh, that's the show. Um, hope you guys liked it again. If you liked it, five stars. If you didn't four stars, um, should have another episode coming out by Monday. It will be out Monday morning. So be on the lookout for that. I fixed the profile picture on Spotify. So it is no longer a banner and white underneath. It is one square looks nice. looks crisp. So now if you know, if you were afraid to show your friends before because you thought I'd be embarrassed by the picture, I fixed it now. So go ahead and, you know, share with your friends, share with everybody, you know, tell your mom, tell her dog, do all, do whatever you gotta do. Um, again, I think we said the first episode, you know, 
I don't make money off of this right now, but hopefully one day. Uh, so yeah, hopefully we get some fun stories. I'm not, I refuse to talk about the pro bowl and, uh, we'll see you Monday. Bye. <laughs>